Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees, their multicultural mess and secular scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had a great, great day and a great time. And wherever you are in this world, uh, thank you for joining me on my podcast and listening to me. It is really honorable to have your support. Um, On this day, we're going to do a continued episode of the Taj. Uh, The topic today is, do you know the real name of the Taj Mahal under Sajahan? So what what was the name of the Taj? Because the Taj Mahal is not the real name of the Taj. Uh, So what is that name? We're going to go today and find out what it is. Before we begin this topic, we want to take two minutes to think about the passengers stranded in the Titan, the vessel that went down to visit the Titanic wreck. You have still not been found wherever you are in this world. Please send your positive energy, your 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 hope, your desires, your hope and your 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 love to the family members and to the people stranded in that vessel. Apparently, they have found some sonar, uh, some sound, some sounds, but they have not located the vessel. Time is running out, but we need all your help, your support, your drive, your energy, your positive thinking to uh, be sent to the people in that vessel because we are frequencies. Our frequencies do have effects, so please use your frequency to send the best of uh, positive energy to the people of the of the titan vessel that they may be safe and they may be found at the soonest possible time on that note um uh, we hope uh, and pray that everyone is safe and as safe as possible. Remember, we are all human, all all um, human and flora and fauna, the same species of the planet, and we can help each other as a chain, as a chain, human chain, as a um, chain chain of of um, species of this planet, where the animal, flora and fauna, to look after each other and help each other, uh, and hopefully we will all be safe. You see any anyone in distress please send your energy please help please do whatever you can to help because at the end of the day we are all the same ocean we are currents and waves it's our currents that form the waves today you're in stress in distress someone else will come and help you tomorrow you will go and help others so that is a chain of civilization we are cyclic we are currents and waves we are not a flat earth and it's important to understand that so thank you for your support and thank you for sending your support to the people who are stranded in in the titan vessel gone down below the ocean to see the titanic and we're going to go from there okay so coming back to the taj mahal like every other Indian, I thought the Taj Mahal was authentic. That was the name of the Taj. Uh, but Mughal Chronicles, my friend, do not call it the Taj Mahal. Call it the Illumin Tomb. Rauza i Manuvra. Rauza means mausoleum. Manuvra means to illumine. So Rauza i Manuvra is the real name of the Taj. There is no word Taj Mahal in the official text. However, in India, we know that below all Christian churches and Islamic monuments built before 1947, somewhere there lies a Hindu temple. The invaders would destroy the temple, built a church or mosque on the site, sometimes using the same structure, sometimes not destroying anything at all, but just rebranding and adjusting the same to suit a new empire. This to show themselves as the new rulers of the land. Now, 
the Mughal rulers mentioned that mentioned were before all illiterate. They spoke Turkic at Turkish at first, then Persian. They were Turko Mongol in descent. They came to India to loot, which was the capitalism of the days gone by. However, they were all tribal nomads. Their religion was a screen to camouflage and legitimize their invasions and colonizations. Their chieftains called themselves Khan, meaning leader, chief, tribe, prince. They were never a w uh, never witness to a massive civilization. That on the Indian subcontinent. They knew we had gold, diamonds galore. When Genghis Khan died, the empire was split among his sons, of whom one descendant married Timurlin, the Turko-Mongol warlord. warlord. They had violence in their DNA, and parts of Central Asia until 651 AD was occupied by the Persian Empire. These Persianized Central Asians also previously descended on South Asia and the South Asians uh, in the 3rd and 4th century AD, known as the Scythians. The northern part of the Indian subcontinent having been Persianized already for a thousand years, the Mughal kings would have felt at home with existing Persian architecture on Indian soil. Another set of Turko-Mongol tribes, their cousins, fled the Central Asian steppes a couple of centuries before to form what we know come to know as the Seljuk Turks. As the Seljuk Sultanate declined, they came they gave way to another Turko-Mongol group who have come to know we've come to known as the Ottoman Empire on Anatolian soil. They have rebranded the Byzantine civilization and its heritage. Uh, they put their Ottoman stamp on it, cleverly eradicating the source over centuries. Similarly, on, a on the Indian subcontinent, the Mughal Empire did the same thing. They descended on a land that already had a great civilization. They provided nothing in return. We have already had architecture, medicines, sciences, besides gold, silver, and diamonds. Once they got their foot in the door, rebranding the Kufar Hindu civilization was of no problem to them, like their Ottoman cousins in Anatolia. One of the more famous kings of that empire, rather the most famous of them all, was Suleiman the Magnificent, as he is called. He ruled from 1520 AD to 1566 AD. Suleiman, like all other Ottomans, had a harem at his disposal. He filled them with girls from his Ottoman uh, war campaigns. Of these sex slaves of or harem women, he fell in love and married a girl called Harem Sultan, often called Roxalena in the West. This was very unusual for their culture. He broke tradition as he she was a Christian slave of Ru Russian origin. Although he said to have other wives, she was his favorite. She made her presence felt during her, his reign. Ottoman sultans never married their concubines. So in 1534 or 33, he then married her and it raised eyebrows among the Ottoman elite. She remained in the sultan's court for the rest of her life. When she died, Roxelana was buried in the courtyard of the Suleiman Mosque in a dawn mausoleum visited by millions of tourists every day. 
The mausoleum is decorated in Isnic tiles depicting the gardens of paradise. Now remember, the Ottoman Sultan was the caliph of the Islamic empire. Does the story sound familiar? Remember, it since it's going to come up later on. So yes, it's familiar. A hundred years later, approximately, there was another Turco-Mongol Empire called the Mughal Empire. Its third emperor, Akbar, 1542 to 1605, established the Indian Mughal uh, Caliphate and assumed the title of Amir al-Mumin, the commander of the faithful. It was surely due to an underlying rivalry with his fellow Turco-Mongol Empire uh, on Anatolian soil. Akbar's chroniclers call Agra the seat of the sublime caliphate. In the chronicles of his grandson, Emperor Sajahan, Pachanama, Agra is referred to the abode of the caliphate, Akrabad. Growing up, I often heard the reference to him as Emperor of the Fate or Commander of the Faithful. Sajahan meant king of the world. His grandfather, King Akbar, almost abandoned Islam by starting a new religion, Din-e-Ilahi. This was not because he believed in religious tolerance with the Hindus, but he wanted to wean power away from the theocratic class. He would not have wanted to share the caliphate with the Ottomans and the Islamic theologians. He would also not have wanted to share the caliphate with Ottomans and Islamic theologians. However, the theologians never bought it. Akbar Sanjahangir, in his correspondence with Persian kings, used the title of Caliphate of the Empire for, for the Empire of India. Now, it was Sanjahan who supposedly commissioned the Taj Mahal. Do you not think he wanted to he wanted to overpower the Turks and show them a thing or two about caliphates. Supremacist rivalry had become had would have spirals from tribal warfare among their nomadic ancestors of the Central Asian steppes, going one step further than Suleiman the Magnificent, former emperor of the Ottoman Empire, would have been on Sajahan's mind. Commissioning the Taj for his beloved or not so beloved wife, Mumtaz, would be perfect upsurge to the Ottoman Suleiman Ottoman architecture. Ottoman Suleiman Mosque, another place which is also a Byzantine monument rebranded as Ottoman architecture. So a dawn mausoleum nestled in the gardens of paradise would have been a perfect upstart to his rivals. Thus the story we get the Taj Mahal and the Palace of Love. Or is it really the Palace of Love? The story fits perfectly, but let's see if the monument fits the bill. So Sajahan was an upstart king uh, and like, prince and later king, as we know, he wanted to emulate. Um, he wanted to emulate his um, his grandfather, the emperor Akbar. He wanted his grandfather's power and magnificent and grandeurs and legacy. We he tried to emulate his grandfather in architecture and other works left behind. However, another king he would have wanted to outdo was Suleiman the Magnificent. The, his Ottoman rival. And Sajahan had a long name at his birth. Called, he was also known as Prince Kuram. Shabuddin Muhammad Kuram. His royal title was long enough. Um, Pacha this and Pacha that. And Pacha means superlative Im, 
imp uh, imperial title conferred on a Mughal sovereign and sometimes his consort. The word is of Persian origin. Pad means master, Shah means king. So master king. His wife for whom he built the Taj Mahal, uh, Mumtaz already had a couple of other names. The official court chronicles state that her auspicious real name was Arjuman Banu Begum. Her married name was Mumtaz al-Zamani. The calligraphy, however, on the Taj Mausoleum figures her name as Mumtaz Mahal. So to match her name transcribed on the mausoleum onto his official chronicles, this transcribed after her death in 1631, she was put down as Mumtaz Mahal in some texts. They could have easily changed her name from Mumtaz, Ima, uh, Mumtaz al Zamani to Mumtaz Mahal to show the mausoleum was named after her. So for Mumtaz al-Zamani, which is a married name, she became Mumtaz Mahal because now she is not just a lady of the land, she's dead, but she, she lives, she, her body is buried in the Mahal, so she's called Mumtaz al-Mahal. Well, as some would say, they would have named it after her, they could have named it after the real name. Why, what were they trying to show the world? So Mahal means palace or mansion in Hindi and Urdu. Why did they insist on naming her after the mansion, which sounds hideous, especially if she already had a regal name? Mahal comes from the Sanskrit word Mahalaya, meaning dwelling, place, or great refuge, place where the traveler stops to, sh to stay. She is also said to be descendant of the line of Saida, from the family of Said of Ray. In official chronicles, it, is it because the mansion was already standing there and they wanted to blend in with the existing locals? A very important fact was that there was nowhere in the chronicles that have I seen the word Taj Mahal. It's probably a later addition. The Taj is always mentioned in Sajahan's period as Rauza e Manuvra. So what what could have happened would have been the following. Sajahan's wife, Mumtaz e Zamani, meaning distinguished lady of the land, had her name changed and given an unofficial title, Mumtaz e Mahal, in that, meaning distinguished lady of the Mahal. Uh, and or dwelling or resting place. Sajahan's wife was not native to the Indian subcontinent, so the royal family probably would have given her her new name after marriage to render her to the kingdom. After her passing, the new name in debt is became Mumtaz e Mahal, being the new resident of the mausoleum. Mumtaz e Mahal became Mumtaz Mahal over time when the Mughals lost power and went on to become the new name of the mausoleum itself, uh, which was not officially official but certainly used in local parlance. This then got shortened probably to Taz. Mahal by the natives of Agra over the centuries of neglect by the later Mughal emperors, which further evolved into the anglicized world Taj Mahal. The original uh, and official appellation of the tomb, Rauza e Manuvra, was forgotten. 
no Indian government ever bothered to verify the facts. With 95% of the false data, they have fed us for 70 years over the subcontinent. Very few people know this name today, and we have the world-famous Taj Mahal. So not only did the Congress government lie to us that the Taj was built by Shah Jahan, uh, they lied about the name. They did not verify. They, they had no investigation done. Nothing was done. They just fed us their secular Marxist crap. And they said, oh, well, it's a Taj Mahal, the Taj Mahal, the Taj Mahal. And they, they sold it to the world as a Taj Mahal. In reality, it never was the Taj Mahal. It's Rauza e Manuvra. And, uh, and before that, as we've seen yesterday, this was not a monument that was built by Sajahan. It was bought by Sajahan. Very important, this monument was bought by Sajahan. Um, and so it, before it became, before it was bought, this area that it was bought from, it was called, um, I, I don't even remember that anymore. Um, something in B, I, I can't get the name very clearly. Um... I'm going to listen. I'm, I'm trying to find it here. I know I have it written here somewhere. Um, Badalgar. It was called the Badalgar Temple. And the area was called the Badal... And the fort at the side was the Badalgar Fort. So it was Badalgar that became Mrauza e Manuvra. Remember, Badal means sky. Uh, that means illumined from the sky. So all that... Um, Sajahan did was change the name into an Urdu Persian sounding name. Illumin, how do you get something to be illumin? Through the, to the, to the, to the sky, through the clouds, through the um, sun, to the uh, the light of the of the moon uh, that through the clouds it, it shines on them, um, and to the sun that shines through the clouds, and you illumine the. Um, the, the monument. So, yes, it's the same name. Illumin means they don't didn't have lights in those days. So, Illumin Tomb, um, a Mausoleum, and the earlier place was called Badalgar. That means House of the Clouds because we are practically sure, I am practically sure after my research, that this was on um, a high magnetic field area because that's where the ancients built their architecture. And there was it was a terminal for electromagnetic energy. We'll talk about that in the days to come. This at one point, the Badalgar temple was a place for electromagnetic energy. So that's why Badalgar, this entire area, the it's sitting on a fault line, and it's important to understand that fault line. So we're going to go through it. Uh, in the days to come, but again, the Taj is not the real name of the t of of. Uh, of the Taj Mahal, so I just wanted to bring that to you. I know we've already spoken about that before. Uh, it is important to understand that uh, because uh, uh, we know that the Indian National Congress has lied completely. It is, does not belong. 
they, they have not given us any history, any knowledge that's worth even more than two cents. And that is what the Marxist license Raj socialist scam government has given us for 60 of the last 70 years. They have given us fake stories and now they're accusing the Indian government, the current government, of changing history. Well, that's exactly what they've done. You couldn't get bigger liars and bigger scamsters as the Indian National Congress. So here we go. Uh, this is what the Taj uh, is named, Rauza e Um I hope um, I hope you understand, and I hope you um, look into it. And um, please, if you do, uh, please share my video with anyone you want to, with your friends, your family, at least five people. Ask them to share it with five people so we can spread this information as much as possible. If you're watching me live uh, on uh, my Facebook page, Dalit is Hebrew. I repeat, Dalit is Hebrew. Uh, it was changed from religions, regimes and refugees to Dalit is Hebrew. Or if you're listening to me on podcasts on Google or Hubhopper, I thank you so much for your time and your support. I wish you a great day and do not forget to send your positive energy to the people in the submarine in um, of the Canadian coast uh, for the Titan that has been lost for now. So uh, thank you for your time. Cheers. Stay safe until we meet again.